Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Pick up the pieces of your life Put them back together with the words you write All the beauty and peace and the magic that you'll start to find When you write your story You've got the words inside, don't you think it's time To let them out and write them down Uncover what it's all about And write your, write your story Write your, write your story Hi, and welcome back to the Write Your Story podcast. This is Ali Fallon, your host. And today I'm in the studio with my lovely friend who you likely well know and love, Ruthie Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ruthie. Hi, love. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you to kick off season two, first of all, but also because you're a person who in the world is so beloved and I know you have a lot of people who pay attention to you and what you put online and and follow closely. And one of the things that I wanted to say about you that I really admire is your online persona or whatever is is what it is and people really love it so much. And And I want to say that you are a person who is exactly the same mm-hmm. online as you are in real life. It is so aligned. It's like the same, same Ruthie, same, same if you're sitting in my living room or if you're in my Instagram feed. And I think that says a lot about a person. So I'm just grateful for your authenticity. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I know it's going to be something really beautiful and amazing. So thanks for sharing the space with us today. That really, that means a lot. And I'm so honored to be here with you. I'm like, you can ask me to do anything. I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. I feel the same. Yeah, we just did a little session with your your folks, your community Mm -hmm. and talked about writing your story. And that was really fun. And got the most amazing feedback. It was so impactful. And your 
just the way that you're able to do this work in such an accessible way and something that can feel so daunting Mm -hmm. is so beautiful. And it went over so incredibly and the feedback was so awesome. And I had so many people after like, crap, I couldn't make it, but I watched the video and it was so good. And so it was just wonderful. Thank you so much. Good. Um, My pleasure. I'm so happy to hear that. So happy. So I want to talk about your experience of writing your story because you're a pro with this. And also I know, (laughs) also, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. By that, I mean, I walk into my local bookstore and your book is like sitting there on the featured authors list. So from that standpoint, people who are are looking in, and I would say I get similar feedback too, because I've written a couple books. And so people are like, oh, you're a pro, you must know how it goes. And that's not it's not the whole truth, but there's some truth to that. Like you've put a book out there in the world. A lot of people have read it and loved it. And so I would love for our listeners to get to hear what that experience was like for you. And maybe let's start with what was it that drew you to want to write your story in the first place? Well, truthfully, I didn't want to write my story in the first place. The answer is I said no for years and years and years. And all I had really done was written captions on Instagram. That yeah. was the mo- I had never had the desire to be a writer. I had never had the desire to write a book, dear God. And, you know, my world kind of... In- Exploded and exploded in nine million ways. And when I learned, you know, I'd lived in a bed for seven years mm-hmm. and I was going through a divorce and I started an Instagram account. And yeah. this was in 2012, I believe, into 2013. And, you know, it started out with people being like, <laughs> I was just putting highlight reels out, you know, as yeah. you do, especially yeah. when, you know, I'd been living in a bed for seven years. And so all of a sudden I was trying to live again. I was trying to focus on gratitude and living and not just like suffering. Mm-hmm. And that's all really I was putting out there. And I wasn't giving context. I wasn't giving backstory. I wasn't giving any of that. And I started getting a lot of messages as especially 2012, 2013 version of me, like, wow, your life is so blah, 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 mm. blah. Like I would just get so many messages. Like, how are you so joyful? How do you have so many wonderful friends? Just so many messages. And I would literally feel sick to my stomach because I'm like, oh my God, they don't know that like for me to get up and go do something, I usually get back in the bed for days. Yeah. And I felt like I was white knuckling life because I was going through a divorce. I was in debilitating chronic pain. I'm weaning off narcotic. You know, there's just so much yeah. that wasn't being shown. And so I at the time, rest in peace blog. I can't remember what it was called, but I started a (laughs) blog and I ended up writing out my entire story. And this was about 10 years ago. And it had a little bit of a viral thing. It like really spread around. And I was as honest as I knew how to be at that time. Sure. There was still so much that I was unconscious of, of course, um, in that version of me, but I was just as honest and I wasn't trying to throw anyone else under the bus or my ex-husband or any of those things. I was just trying to own my side of the street, what I've been going through, just to give a fuller context. And that started me being more honest online and sharing more Mm -hmm. than just these pretty smiley, happy photos. And so that's all I really had done, but I was sharing my story and it was kind of getting, it's an insane story and I'm the only human in the world that's had these crazy things happen Can you give like the, in case people haven't heard the story? Yes. So basically when I was a senior in high school, I died in a car accident and I was on life support, whole thing, broke a lot of things, but the worst was I broke the top two vertebrae in my neck, had a 5% chance to live, 1% chance to walk. And back then they used wire and spinal cord fusions. That was just the standard practice in the late 90s. 
And years later, you know, there's a lot more to it, but mm-hmm. years later in my early 20s, that wire broke and pierced my brainstem, but they oh. didn't realize it for years and years and years. So I was living in a bed on every narcotic. I mean, I was on the highest level of fentanyl, morphine, hydrocodone, Amb- Ambien, Cymbalta, like name it. Basically, I was mm-hmm. taking it and I wasn't abusing it. I was taking it as prescribed. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's just putting Band-Aids because they didn't realize this wire was in my brainstem. So that went on for about five years until a doctor realized what was going on. And turns out I'm the only human that's ever had that. I shouldn't, quote unquote, be alive, walking, breathing, speaking, anything. Like it's kind of insane. So I'd already died once. Yeah. (laughs) That was a miracle that I was alive and walking and breathing. But then, you know, this wire situation. And so just lived with debilitating chronic pain. And of course, at the time, I thought everything had to do with this physical pain, had no idea about the mind-body connection, trauma, Mm pre-verbal trauma, childhood trauma. There was Lots and lots and lots and that's that got to be uncovered in the last decade that I was completely unaware of. So it has just sent me on the deepest journey ever. And, you know, I'm obsessed and love the girl that even wrote that book. And that version of me doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's in me, you know, it's a part of me. But I thought for a long time that became my whole identity, my my worth. That's what I built a career off of is this pain story of being the only one. And, yeah. you know, I found a lot of identity and worth in getting a lot of affirmation and being like, whoa, you've overcome so much to show up here with this big smile on your face and to be so joyful while you live with such pain. And, you know, I completely built an identity around this pain story. And it took me a lot of places and it opened a lot of doors and it connected with a lot of people that are suffering and in pain. And, you know, again, I love that girl. I love that version of me. I found um, I got a lot of attention. Yeah. I got a lot of attention. Yeah. You know, what's coming up for me to say is that we are supposed to outgrow our stories. Yes. And that's right. I feel like we can circle back to that a handful of times in this conversation because we are meant to outgrow our stories as we talk about the importance of writing your story and sitting down to really understand it and make meaning of it. Like all of that's important. But once you do that, the whole point is that you're supposed to sort of set it down and set it aside (laughs) and move on to the next evolution of yourself. And then you understand that new layer. Yes. And it's never ending. It's like peeling back layers of an onion. Like it doesn't stop in this lifetime. Totally. And so... Yes. So, I mean, because that pain story, what what made that come up for me is that pain story is deeply connective. You know, you yeah. you felt the impulse to share that online and people really got a lot from that. Yeah. People that you inspired a whole huge group of people. I don't know how many people, but hundreds of thousands of people have been inspired by that story mm-hmm. that you shared. Are you able to connect with what it was that drove you to even share the story online? Like, why was it... Why was it not just in a journal? Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. 
from herbology to naturopathy and health coaching. Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you able to connect with what it was that drove you to even share the story online? Like, why was it, why was it not just in a journal? Yeah, I think for me is when that moment of realizing, like, you know, when I lived in my bed for all those seven years, I would get on, like Facebook was happening at that point, and I would just sit there and either watch people's lives on television. I watched a lot of yeah. reality yep. TV back in the day. <laughs> Same. And, or... I wasn't even in pain, but it just was fascinating oh, obsessed, to me. Obsessed, <laughs> obsessed, And I would also spend a lot of time on Facebook. And so I'm like watching other people's lives. At the time, I was debilitatingly painful to watch people out living a life, growing yeah. families, you know, getting married and traveling around the world or even just like going on hikes. And and me, I'm like laying in a bed on all these drugs, hating my life and wanting to die and then suffering all the time and not liking my marriage, not being able to walk, you know, go do all the things I want to do. And to me, the idea that I was conveying any kind of feeling of comparison of like, whoa, she has this dream life and I hate the things that I'm doing without them having a context of like, there's so much pain and loss yeah. and debilitating hurt and trauma. And so much of that has informed the level of beauty and joy that I'm experiencing right yeah. now, because I don't believe you can have one without the other. And so I wanted to give a fuller, richer context. And that's what inspired me to originally write out the blog. And from there, it's just kind of snowballed. Someone asked me to be on a podcast. I'm like, I've never even, I never even took a speech class. I didn't even speak at my <laughs> brother's wedding. Like this could be really bad, but I'm, I was like, all I had done is said no for like so long because of fear and pain and just not being able to show up to my own life. And so that's kind of how it got started. And from there, someone asked me to speak at a thing. And from there, someone asked me to speak at another thing. And I'm like, this could be so bad. <laughs> but I just kept saying yes. And I think, you know, the first time I, I remember speaking at this thing called Yellow Conference and I was in front of like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women. And I'm like, I know nothing. This is like, I've never done anything like this. And after like, which again, now that little part of me that loves affirmation got like a standing ovation. And yeah. I was like, oh, 
maybe this is what I'm supposed to yeah. do. Maybe like that's the whole point of living through all the things so I can like help so people. I can help people and share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, like it also is stroking the hell out of my ego. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like all of that's a part of it too, you know? And so from there, I started being asked. I had probably been asked for about three or four years about writing a book. And I was like, not no, but hell no. And the reason I... By people who are like very well-respected yeah. authors. I know when I came to help you yeah. with your book, you were telling me, I won't say who, you can say who if you want, but so-and-so has been telling me that I need to write a book. And I'm just like, there are so many writers who really want to write a book who would just die if someone like that came to them and said, you should write a book. And you had these people telling you, you should write a book. Yeah. And And you were like, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Not no, but hell no. And I think some level inside of me knew that it was going to break me down. Yeah. Because I was going to have to look at the parts of me that I have not been willing or able yet to do. And there was so much pain and so much loss. And, you know, first time around, I was like avoiding and numbing like crazy. I was living on tons of narcotics. So I wasn't actually really present to a lot of the things that had happened. You know, I was... I had learned yeah. how to leave my body at a very, mm-hmm. very, very young age. And when you're writing your book, <laughs> it's, it's, it's as powerful as it is painful because you're going in and you're really having to be present and sitting with these parts that it's not like you're getting up and giving a one hour speech and then you can go about your day no. and be praised for it and like, <laughs> you know, get the high of all the affirmation. This is you're alone in your house or in your bed or in your tears just digging through this in the trenches and the way that it landed in my lap. It was a very passive experience. If I'm honest, I think it was like my soul signing up for something that Ruthie's <laughs> consciousness was like, not no, but fuckity fuck no. <laughs> but, but like literally it, it kind of finally got to this point where it was like my favorite author in the whole world at the times agent wanted to sit down with me. And finally I sat down with her and her name's Margaret Riley King. And we're sitting across. She's like, okay, you have to write a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really don't think I can do it. And finally, after talking to her, I look at my phone. It's the 20th anniversary of my wreck and my dad's birthday. And I'm like, okay, this off, this person who like literally represents all of the favorite people that I know, yeah. like she is believing in me. Like, I feel like I would be giving the middle finger to the universe or to God yeah. or the divine or and my dad if I said no at this point. And so I said yes with white knuckles. <laughs> and I was like, ah. <laughs> and, you know, I think the the egoic part of me, which again, love that part. It gets to be here was like, okay, I'm going to help all these people and I'm going to get all, and then it's going to take my career to the next level. And I'm going to be able to do all these things Mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm on the planet. It's going to make everything feel purposeful. And I, it's so adorable. If that's what got me to do it, who cares? Yeah. And none of it played out the way that I thought. And it did break me down. Like I, I actually had a nervous breakdown writing it because I didn't have the tools yet to know how to sit with that level of trauma. Mm. And there was so much pre-verbal stuff and childhood things that I wasn't conscious of that it sent me on such a deep unlearning so many parts of me that I learned how to put these masks on to find value, worth, yeah. you know, belonging, love. Yeah. Like we're having to burn down. I mean, there was a part of my life that I had to kind of walk away from that I wasn't even conscious was like these unconscious parts of me that had been using people that I didn't even know of that made found a lot of identity and worth because these people like me and these people think I'm special. And oh, it was really, really painful and it took me on the deepest inner deep dive journey ever. And 
the parts of me that were able to come up, that were able to rebuild are truer versions of me. Yeah. Way truer versions of me. And I wouldn't change one bit of it. Like, I feel like I wrote that book for me, 100%. I wrote it for me and my own healing journey. And then once it enters the world, which it has already, it's none of my business anymore. Yeah. And whatever God wants to do with that is none of my business. Because even people reading it, if they love it or they hate it, they're really seeing it all through their own lens of their pain, of their trauma. And it kind of is none of my business. Yeah, <laughs> It has nothing really to do with me because none yes. of us see the world as it is. We see it as we are, you know? Yes. And so knowing that doing this is first and foremost for us, and that is of service, the collective. Yeah. Yep. That is. It's such a massively important point because I think so many people who come to this process come wanting to inspire others. And while that happens... And there's nothing wrong with wanting to inspire others. One of the things that has come into my awareness in the last year or two is that the desire to inspire others is in many ways attached to ego. Yes. Because it's like, how many others do I have to inspire before my ego decides that was enough others to inspire Mm. versus the way you just flipped that? What happens when you enter into the process of writing your story is... You're telling your story to you yes, and you're seeing yourself for the first time and you're deconstructing and dismantling ideas that are no longer serving you and dismantling old ways of seeing the world that are, are really twisted. And that process is chaotic. It's messy. Yes. It's confusing. It's deeply disorienting. It's Oh man, it shows you to yourself. It shows the dark parts of you to yourself. It asks you to welcome those dark parts in as part of the whole. And that has nothing to do with ego. And then as a happy result, you do end up inspiring That's right. (laughs) You know, your book has inspired so many people. I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. Your story has inspired so many people, even people who haven't read the book, who have heard your story on Instagram Mm -hmm. or on the original blog that you wrote. You know, people are, are deeply inspired by your story. But if you set it off into the journey going, ooh, I can't wait to inspire people, you miss out on so much of what needs to happen under the surface yeah. that doesn't feel as flashy yeah. or as glamorous. It is messy mm. and it's so profound. Like that process brought me to such a truer version of me that, you know, I believed that my whole career would be around this pain story about being the only one and having this unique, crazy thing. And then people being able to be like, and look, you know, if she can live a life like that, then there's hope for me too. And Mm -hmm. that was my whole persona. That was, you know, that is the exact version that I gave the world. And what that journey sent me on is understanding that pain and trauma was always only an invitation for me. It was inviting me into doing the deepest unfurling, unearthing, remembering, unlearning of so many stories that I had inherited. You know, like we know epigenetics are real. We know that conditioning is real, that we, this culture that's very toxically (laughs) patriarchal is telling us a lot of things that we need to be, do, how we have to look, what kind of body we need to be in. As women, we're told that this is the way that you define you know, you need to be a mother. You need to have all these things to be desirable, but don't be too desirable. Don't be too sexy. Like you need to be beautiful. Like I remember my pastors 
And the youth pastor used to talk about how hot his wife was all the time. But all then, the time. All the time. But then don't be too sexy because that's really inappropriate. And these men have no agency to take care of themselves. And you're in control of them lusting, of them masturbating, just so many stories. And I had to unearth and unlearn. And I'm continuing to. I will be on this journey until the day I die. I do not foresee myself becoming a fully enlightened being in this, <laughs> this round. I am so shadowy and human, my God. And it was just this deep unearthing of so many of the masks that I had put on. Like, you know, every day when I'd walk in my house as a little girl, my mom would say, what did they say about you today? They say how pretty you were. What'd they say about your outfit? What did they say? And it wasn't, it was very clear to me. It wasn't just what they said. It was what did the right people say to me? Yeah. So then enter Instagram, you know, that fed that little girl who's walking yeah. in the front door all of a sudden these quote unquote right people, what are they saying? Are they liking it? Are they commenting? Are they thinking I'm special? Do they think I'm worthy? Do they think I'm deserving? And it ended up unconsciously driving so much of what I did. And I, it was all unconscious. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It was that little girl, that wounded little girl that learned, that was in, that inherited the story that my value, my worth is in what the quote unquote right people, which hello, bullshit, there's no, this is, it's all made up, right? Yeah. Say about me. And that lived in my body. And writing that book and unearthing so many of these stories and breaking down, my God, breakdown was so vital because it blew up so much of those stories. Mm-hmm. And truer versions came out, you know, like it's a cheesy quote, and I don't know who said it, but I love it. What I thought was the tomb was always the womb. And everything that I thought would kill me was too hard, too painful, too traumatic. If I'm still here, it was actually just me going through the birthing canal for a truer, newer version of me to come out. And I can barely recognize that version of me four years ago, even though I love her. I couldn't be this version of me today without her. She invited me into such a deeper layer of unlearning and remembering. And, you know, I got to, I still get to see it in my life today, but so much shadow and unconscious driving parts of me, you know, and writing that book was so invaluable and getting me to this version of me and be able to do this work that I do because the pain story may no longer fit, but now I just see it as what it would always was, was an invitation to Mm -hmm. come home to myself and back into my body that I left probably pre-verbally, honestly, because of a lot of shit that happened. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, even though it was the most painful. I thought I was going to die. I wanted to die many times in my life. And it always birthed a truer version of me, you know, and I believe the writing process like nothing else got me to a truer version of me. Can we talk about what that writing process was like for you? And I feel like sharing maybe some practical things yes. would be helpful for people to hear. Like, were you sitting at your computer eight hours yeah. a day writing? Or no. were you, yeah, like what <laughs> What was your writing process like and how did yeah. you write a book? Yeah, well, the way it started, actually, I'm so grateful Ann Patchett wanted to like mentor me. And I remember her telling me, because it felt so daunting and overwhelming to me at first, And I feel like this was such an important piece of advice. She was like, every morning when you wake up, first thing you want to do for one hour is pretend like you're writing an email to a best friend Mm -hmm. and you're telling them one piece of your story. That's accessible. And I was like, I gave myself, and now I have a different language for it. I gave myself a container. Yeah. It was like, okay, I set an alarm. Now I have different practices that when I do things that feel really hard for me to calm my nervous system and things. But I, I was like, I'm 
not even getting out of my bed. My favorite place in the world is this bed and this heating pad. So I'm going to set an alarm for one hour and I'm going to pretend like I'm writing Amber an email. Yeah. And I'm going to tell her from as early as I can remember. And I'm just going to start there and I'm going to tell her what happened. And that's how I started it. Yeah. It was one hour Monday through Friday and I committed to it. I was like, I'm waking up at this time and I'm going to do this thing. And it became kind of my first real morning practice, honestly. And that's evolved and changed a lot, but it made it feel really accessible. And like, I remember reading Bird by Bird and it that it get, reminded me a little bit of that. It's like, how can you do little pieces that feel really accessible? Yes. Because when you sit down, you're like, I'm going to write my story. That's so daunting. It's so daunting. Overwhelming and exhausting. So that was the first part of the process was I did that for months and months and months. And I was like, this is probably terrible. And I remember her also telling me, write it all now. This is, everything will be edited. Cause I'm like, these people are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I have, holy shit. Like ex-husband's dad's a pretty vicious lawyer. Like, yeah. Oh God, I'm scared. You know, <laughs> abort mission, abort mission. But I was like, this is just for me right now. I'm yeah. getting it all out on paper and we can edit. And there's things that I probably won't fully write about until some people aren't on the planet anymore. Yeah, You know, it's just, it would be too painful and too yeah. hurtful for them. And I, I honor that and that's okay, you yeah. know, but I can write it for me. Yeah, And like, I think that's the other thing that feels so important when people talk to me about writing book. It doesn't have to be something to be published. This is for you. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I think that's the other thing that feels so important when people talk to me about writing a book. It doesn't have to be something to be published. This is for you. It is for you. 
even if you do publish the book, it's 100% for you. And I'm grateful for my experience writing Indestructible because that was my experience. I was already a published author when I wrote that book. And I sat down to write that book and told myself, I will never publish this. This is for me. And I'm grateful that that experience unfolded the way that it did because now it helps me to show other people that just because you have the path of publishing in front of you doesn't mean that if you follow that path, you get to say the things that you need to say. They're two different things. To publish a book, like I had publishers during that time, I was already contracted to write a book. I was working on a book when, when my life fell apart. And I was like, I could either go try to write this book that I'm contracted to write, or I could go write the book that's asking to be written, that needs to be written through me. And one gets me a paycheck and the other one gets me my true self. That's right. So, and you could do both. Yep. It's not like one is bad and the other is good. It's just, which one am I going to put my value in? Which one am I going to put more time into? Which one am I going to prioritize above the other? And for me, it wasn't even a question. It was like, I'm going to write this book. I'm never going to publish it. And I had all the reasons why it could never be published. Same as yours. It's just like, yeah, I couldn't tell this story about these people because they're going to be upset and they're going to, you know, take legal action and that would cause big problems for me. But I knew I needed to tell the story and I got it out and then I was able to publish the book. So it, it just, it demonstrates the point that when you tell yourself the story first, it can inspire other people. That book has inspired other people, but it wasn't from the place of, I need to be an inspiration. It was from the place of, I need to express myself more authentically. Yes. And I need to get this out of my body. Yes. Like, you know, I I wasn't conscious at all at the time, especially when I first started writing this, when I was asked in like 2017, I had no clue about embodiment. Yeah. I maybe had heard that word. I didn't have a freaking clue how to do it or what it was. (laughs) I had no idea about like how we were really conditioned to swallow so many of our truths, our feelings, Mm -hmm. our agency, our yes, our no, like you know, I learned how to override my knowing at such a young age. I learned how to swallow my feelings. There were only certain emotions allowed in my house, you know, otherwise yeah. you got a good pop in. And so I learned how to fit in the teeniest, tiniest box ever. And yeah. I am six one, and I folded into the teeniest, <laughs> idiot and me and God and all other good girls had to fit in it. Yeah. Right. And I believe that writing out that book and Un, and discovering so much of that and so much of my truth and so much of what I wasn't allowed to speak as truth. Yeah. That is so invaluable. It's medicine. It's it potent is medicine. medicine. And it's it's literally almost, it felt like uh, an exorcism of some sort. It's like I had to get so much of this out of my body, mm-hmm. you know, for me to be able to be a truer version of me. And yeah. that was putting pen to paper. Yeah. And I, again, I, I can't express enough. Like, doing it for ourselves and no matter if no one ever reads it. Yeah. No matter. Yeah. Like it is totally potent medicine and I still can avoid sitting down to the page. It's like nobody's business even knowing that. And I know how powerful it is. Yeah. Cause you've had the actual experience. Yes. Yeah. I feel like saying you are bigger than the story yes. that you're going to tell but the story is living inside of you, getting in the way because you think it's you. So you get it out and then you realize like, I'm bigger than that story. (laughs) And then there's another story that's bigger and you tell that story and realize I'm even bigger than that story. And you're bigger and bigger and bigger every time you tell the next version. I love that visual. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, 
I hope a year from now, five years from now, until the day I die, I will look at this version of me and the next version of me and be like, oh, that yeah. precious girl thought she knew some things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's perfect. And she got me to a truer version. And then she got me to a truer version. Like I will be on this earth school learning journey until the day I no longer live in this yeah. body and I'm back home, you know, and that is just, that's how it roles like we come here to learn Mm -hmm. we come here to unlearn we come here to remember because we are handed so many stories of what's wrong with us bad sinful dirty evil broken depraved whatever you know we've been handed so many stories and i believe for me writing and going inside and remembering my inherent worth value divinity just because i exist and that is was so much of like the peeling away of the onion for me through writing. It's like getting back to a truer version of me because I had no idea how many masks I was wearing yeah. for belonging. And I still have those. I, there's so many parts of me that are still unconscious that'll continue to unearth and unfurl as I continue to do this work, you know, and you nothing's conscious until it is, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, until it becomes conscious, you're just yeah. not even aware and I don't know if you feel, I feel like there's a, a sort of predictable process to the you becoming aware of a thing and it being ready to be birthed through the writing process. It's like, it's out of my conscious awareness. I don't even know that it's there. Then I start to feel a thing that I don't understand, but that's uncomfortable for one reason or another. Then I begin to see it a bit more clearly. It's like, oh, I see that I'm performing for that per, uh, yeah. you know specific person or whatever. And then it wants to come out through the writing process, but a lot of times we short circuit that. And instead of putting words to it, we shove it back down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you feel that similar cycle, but I feel like, you know, those things that are unconscious slowly do start to become conscious. And part of how we get them out is by putting them on the page. Yep. That is one of the most beautiful, like sure fine ways. I mean, there's other things that we can do sure. too. You know, like I've definitely worked with like plant medicine and I've done a lot of other, I do a lot of shadow work, but truly writing my story was like a fast course. Yeah. <laughs> like getting me to a newer, truer version of me. It is. Like nothing else ever has. And I don't know if this is because I have a bias toward the writing process, but I feel like those other things, plant medicine, yoga, breath work, shadow work, therapy, whatever, all those other things for me serve the writing process. And the writing process is what really gets it out of my body. Mm. And there may, other people might have other experiences from that, but that's how it has operated for me. Yeah. I can totally see that. It's, it's so medicinal. It's such medicine, you know? And I mean, still like I, I have a journaling practice and it's, Mm. it's so much of it is just stream of consciousness just to get it out on the page so that it can clear up space in my brain. Yeah, You know, like yeah. my journaling practice isn't because I'm going, this is going to be my next book. It's literally for me to get this unconscious thoughts, to get the stories out. Because, and a lot of times I'll even write the story I'm making up right now. Yeah, You know, because I think a lot of times we think our truth is truth. And our minds will tell us that where my body is way wiser. Yeah. <laughs> but my mind will make up a lot of stories and fill in a lot of blanks. And so for me, that just stream of consciousness journaling is such a beautiful way to get out the stories that I'm making up. Yeah. You know, like, well, this person doesn't like me, or or when they said that, this this is this what is this what they means. Meant. Yeah, I don't know what they I can't begin to know. That's a yeah. story, right? And it feels like this deep 
excavation yeah. to be able to put into the light, to put onto paper. Here's the stories I'm making up. Here's yeah. the feelings that I'm feeling. And this is what I'm making up this story, this feeling feels, you know, like there's just, I'm filling in a lot of blanks and I feel like putting it on paper allows me to excavate it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it also requires you to be accountable to it because I think that fear we have of if I write about this person, they're going to be upset is it's a legitimate fear. I mean, there, there is some of that for sure. Like how do you write about an abusive parent or spouse or whatever? But at the same time, putting it onto paper, assuming that that person is going to read it brings you to accountability to, to stay on your side of the street in a way that holding it in your body doesn't, it doesn't require it of you. Cause in my body, I can hold the truth that that person's just evil and they're just mean. And they, they did this to me and they did that to me. When I put it on the page, I have to tell a bigger truth. I have to paint the whole picture, which is that I contributed. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I wrote about this at the very beginning. I'm like, listen, this is my lens. This is my memory of it. Another person that was in this marriage, that was in this family, like my brothers tell a very different story of growing up in our home. Same. They also weren't (laughs) highly sensitive, very tender, highly, highly sensitive nervous system. And it was a different experience as a girl in my home than it was, you know, and, and maybe they haven't done some of the unconscious things and that's totally fine. They're perfect. Right. But like, I hear them talk about our childhood as though it was the most glorious, beautiful thing that ever existed. I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) abort mission. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, but what, like what we were in the same like? home yeah. and they haven't had nervous breakdowns. They haven't, you know, and this one over here, this girl has. And, and what that brought me to like very much a black sheep kind of thing, you know, is to awakening. Yeah. And I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah. And I, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, like I, I didn't choose to have children this round in this life. I think I have so many times in other lives. If that's (laughs) something you believe in, great. If not, great. But I feel very much like my work is first and foremost to do the deepest mothering work for me. Yeah. I get to mother the shit out of me. And now my work is like mirroring for others how to do that inner child work, how to heal mother wounds, how to do these kind of things that have been so transformative. The only thing I ever offer is everything that I've needed for myself. Yeah. (laughs) Period. End of statement. Like I only share things that are resonant for me, right? And the medicine of that I've needed and that I'm continually unearthing and doing. And you know, writing was such a huge part of me getting to those places to be able to unearth so much of the shadow and unconscious parts of me and learning how, because it was so painful, how can I bring these parts back in with so much love and so much care instead of shaming, hating, loathing, despising, thinking I was supposed to quote unquote, give it to God as though that divinity doesn't live within me. You know, something outside of me had to save me. And I followed that through in so many ways. Doctor, save me, fix me, make me better. Daddy, save me, fix me, make me better. (laughs) Ex-husband, save me, fix me, make me better. I mean, I looked outside of me for quote unquote fixing for most of my life. And and I believe like the writing process was such a huge catalyst in me coming back into my body and realizing my inherent value, worth, and divinity that because I exist, period, I am worthy. And I don't have to give and do and do and do and serve and serve and serve and serve to be worthy of love. That is just not how it works. That's so, it's so 
upside down so much of the messaging that we're receiving, right? That it has to come from outside of us. And, and this is ongoing work for me. You know, this isn't like I have it understood. Like I, I tell my clients in the circles I lead, I'm like, there is no hierarchy here. <laughs> like, yeah. I am not up here knowing all the things. And let me tell you people, yeah. I will be doing this work. And because, you know, it's interesting. So mm, I'd say probably 70 so percent of my clients are therapists and coaches and circle holders and they lead a lot of other people and so I really hold a lot of space for space holders and and I think part of that is I am able to share my story I don't have the restrictions that therapists have where they're not allowed which there's a reason all that is in place I don't have those restrictions and even though the story isn't centered on me. The work isn't centered on me. I share my shit. I share my humanness. I share my shadow. And there's been such a beautiful thing. And I think writing has helped me unearth so much of that because it helps people realize we all get to be so human here. No one's perfect. We all get to have all of our parts here, you know, and that feels invaluable to me. And to see what that opens up for others to feel more free to be more honest and vulnerable of like, oh shit, we all get to like, oh, you still struggle with that? I'm like, yes. Yeah. And we all get to be human, you know? I believe this is the way of leadership moving forward. In the old world, the way of leadership was if you're a leader, you better have your shit together. And I think the new way of leadership is I lead through my wounding. I lead through my vulnerability. And I, I just think as we move forward and as things change more and more quickly, you're going to see any leader who doesn't lead from vulnerability yes. is going to d- destruct, like self-destruct. Yes. And leaders who lead from vulnerability and lead from their own wounding and lead from their pain, lead with at least not lead from their pain, but lead with an acknowledgement of yeah. their own humanness. Yes. Those are the leaders who are going to really have all the power and hold all the cards moving forward. Yes. Well, it's setting yourself up to fail. Like, you know, like the amount of like pastors I used to be obsessed with that like, ooh, it just burned in flames because we put people on pedestals to be perfect. And it's just Where they don't belong. No, Mm. it's it's such an injustice. It's such a disservice to humans to let ourselves be up there and to put people up there because no one's perfect. Everyone's human. Everyone has unconscious parts that are oftentimes in driver's seats that we're not even aware of. And it's so, you know, I, I mean like watching documentaries. It's just like, hello. Like, yeah. It's just textbook shit. It's well, how like, it works. This could be a long tangent, but every time I watch another pastor fall from grace, That's I'm always like, I was just thinking. why is the conversation about how this guy is such a bad guy when the fact of the matter is, this is a predictable set of circumstances 100%. that create this outcome. Yes, It's not about him. That's right. That's how I felt watching the... Um, What's the latest one that came out this year? Oh, the Hillsong documentary. The Hillsong yeah. documentary. Same. I had so much compassion and Same. empathy for these humans. And like this, what I kept thinking is, of course. Yeah, absolutely. This course. is a predictable outcome. 100. It's the this. least surprising thing to me. <laughs> yes. On, And it's not in judgment. I'm just like, of course, when we are taught that this is, you have to cut off parts of yourself, yeah. that sexuality is dirty and this is bad and this is bad and this is evil and this is sinful those parts are going to drive and then you're modeling that for everyone else. And they think they have to hide these secretive parts because they're going to be punished and shamed or thrown out. And it's just, it's the most, like you said, it's the most predictable freaking thing on the planet. And it's holding people to the standard of perfection. Yeah. 
And that is so painful. And then we all go, oh, he's not perfect. Totally. (laughs) Totally. And no wonder we're shaming the shit out of ourselves because that's what we're looking to as models. Yeah. That we also have to have it all together. You know, like it's just, it's so heartbreaking. And the people that I look to for mentorship, for leadership, there's several different things and you name some of them. There's a level of humility. Yeah. There's own, owning their shadow and their yep. humanness. There's no hierarchy. Yeah. And there is also self-agency and yeah. empowerment. So it's not like we're saying humility means you can't be empowered. Like I would consider myself a very empowered woman who takes up absolutely a lot of space. And that means for me to be a whole hearted, empowered woman, that means me inviting every part of me here. Yep. That includes my darkness, my shadow. You know, we're so afraid in this culture of darkness, but like the world created out of the darkness. We were birthed out of the darkness, literally. And yet, I mean, winter is one of the most important seasons. There's not one more important than the other, but I have to catch myself. I hate winter. I'm like, it's so hard. It's so cold. And so, and that's where so much of the inner work comes, yeah. you know, when everything goes inside and gets more quiet and we get to go back into our bodies and be really communing with these parts in the darkness. That's where life springs from. Yeah, It's beautiful, but yet we're so afraid of darkness. There's nothing that is light without a darkness there's a shadow to everything everything and the sooner I embrace that (laughs) the freer I'll be yeah this is a really big question so I don't you may not have like a specific answer for it but do you have a sense of like what the next evolution is what's the next story that Ruthie is going to tell oh yeah well I'm really excited to go to your workshop to unearth more of that but yeah I think I referenced this a little bit before and who knows where this will go because so much has happened in the last four years, my God. But I think, you know, before so much of the identity was around pain story and now I love so much of my work is around the invitation of pain. So whatever iteration that wants to take, what pain, trauma, I still live with a very high level of pain in this body that's visiting me each day. And and she's welcome to leave at any point, but <laughs> at this point, it's still there. And, you know, Every time what I get to when I'm really truthful with myself, it's like inviting me into the subtleness of my body. And, you know, that's me owning more of my parts. That's like me talking about more about the shadowy parts of me, of the unconscious parts of me. What pain has invited me into, into my body is owning my sacred sexuality, pleasure, delight, joy. You know, I think so often, I was talking about this with one of my circles yesterday. It's like, we think that the healing journey has to be just like bleeding out on the sidewalk and everything's just brutal and traumatic and horrible, which I've done a lot of that. (laughs) And I think it can be so much around pleasure Mm -hmm. and delight and joy and fun. Like I've had so much healing through laughter, through sex, through, you know, so much fun and play and childlike experiences that I want to like, you know, I want to explore all of it. And So so much of it too is like, I learn a lot of lessons the hard way. And I have, I've made so many mistakes. The parts of me that, you know, I mentioned earlier that had unconsciously used people, the parts of me that have lied and stolen and cheated and, you know, had so many stories. Like, I just want to, I want to be as raw and as honest and as truthful and as vulnerable. Like, I remember um, one of my favorite books I read in the last two years was The Way of Integrity. Mm. 
And I think it's one of the most profound. I've had so many clients read it. It's a Martha Beck book. But how vulnerable and honest she is about walking away from things that like on paper really work. And she got a lot of approval and a lot of love and a lot of acceptance, you know, and really blew up her world in a lot of ways to be in integrity. So for me, it's like, what does it look like for me to be in in integrity? Even if it makes my family really uncomfortable, even if it makes my partner's family really uncomfortable, like that's something, you know, where I still see my little young girl self, like he grew up in a really religious family and I'm not, I mean, I've, I coach people through deconstruction. (laughs) That is very much not my world anymore. And yet, you know, and that part of me is like, I want them to love me and think that his, their son has the most amazing wife and partner and whatever, you know? And yet I'm like, I cannot ever go back in a box. I can't bury myself. I cannot. I will not. I refuse Mm -hmm. to do that. I know how. Yeah, I could get them wrapped around this little finger and yes. I can speak the language. I know the lingo. I know. I mean, parents used to be obsessed with me. They yeah. all the amount of mamas that wanted me to marry their sons, <laughs> the amount of parents that were like, please be best friends with my kid because you're such a good example. I know what to do to get people to love the shit out of me. Yeah. And I am like, I that it's going to kill me. Yeah. And I can't do it. So yeah. What that'll look like on the page, I don't know. It makes me sweaty and want to crawl in my own butthole. <laughs> and I can't not, I won't put anything out that isn't the truest version of me at that moment. Now, yeah. a year from then, I'll probably be like, who the fuck was that? Yeah. You know, but like, I, I just, I can't. And I'll have to talk about some things that feel really scary and feel really vulnerable and a lot of mistakes that I've made and people that I've hurt and people that I've been hurt by, you know, but yeah, I don't know what that'll look like. And I just know it has to be the truest version of me at that moment. Well, I can tell you just from knowing you in real life and being your friend and being in your presence and having you here today, having you in my living room, that the essence of who you are is exactly that. The essence of who you are is I've always experienced you as a very honest, vulnerable, truth-telling person. I mean, I think one of the first times that we ever met, I said something to you very similar to what you said people say to you at the beginning of this conversation, which was, how do you how do you do it? How do you have so much joy? My take is that even then, that was the truest that yeah. you knew how to be. Yeah, And it was true. Your joy is authentic to you, mm-hmm. even though you know, there were many things maybe buried under the surface, but that joy was very authentic to you at the time that it was there. And it's still here. The joy is still here. Every time I'm around you, I smile and feel really loved and feel really good about myself and feel very seen. And I'm just really grateful for you. Thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for sharing so honestly. Thank you for leading the way with vulnerability. You are a really powerful person and really grateful to get to know you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I will really let myself marinate in that. And like, I am so grateful for your friendship and I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and like helping people. I mean, it's so potent and it's so needed needed and like I was saying at the beginning to help people in such an accessible way be able to coach them through writing their stories because it's so healing Mm -hmm. you know and that is like such medicine and I love that we both have changed so much since we first met (laughs) but it's it's amazing were we both married when we met I was married for sure yeah no 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 I met you you right after I got divorced so I was like on the baby version of you know coming back into the world after stopping living in a bed for seven years and all the shit. But like, 
it's been so beautiful. Like we're both in this process and I could say the exact same about you. It's like, we were the truest versions that we knew how to be yeah, at that moment. Absolutely. You know, and I just, I really honor that about you and I love your friendship and I love how we've, you know, kind of weaved back in and out because we're like on such yeah. similar journeys of yeah. unlearning and remembering and like, I'll hear you speak and I'm like, and I think that's also so sweet. I just want to say real fast is like, when you do this inner work and you start unearthing and unlearning and remembering, you hear so many of the same things. Like I'll hear you speak and I'm like, oh my God, I say that exact yeah. same thing because it's not mine. Yes. It's just the truth of that I'm experiencing right now. Yes. And it's just a truth of love mm -hmm. and wholeness. Yeah. And I just, I love, love, love the journey that you're on and what it's bringing out of you and how you're sharing that so beautifully with the world. And I'm just... It's really grateful that I get to know you and love Same. you. Same. Thank you so much. It's such a gift to be in this process of evolution together. Yeah, it really is. And you feel less alone. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's, just, it's not It's not the societal you know, thing, which at times can feel kind of lonely if it, you're the yeah. only one in your family or you're yes. the only one in your workplace that maybe sees the world. But what's so beautiful is the more you do it, I fully believe in the law of attraction. You draw in more people because yes. you will lose people. Absolutely. You will lose people as you become a truer version of yourself and you break out of boxes. People won't like it. I have lost so many followers you can't even believe. Yeah. But the ones that came in, the ones that are here now are aligned. Are aligned. Mm -hmm. And I honor it. I literally, now my ego can care at moments and my truer self is like, thank you so much for taking care of yeah. me. Like, please, like do not, yes. if it doesn't fit for you, I honor that. And I invite in the people that it does land for, Yeah, you know? And yeah. that's what I have in my friendships. My circle has gotten a lot smaller, but it's mm -hmm. the most potent, yummy, like yeah. loving, wholehearted men and women, you know? And so, and no one's bad. No one's wrong that we're not like hanging out as much anymore, but you draw in more of like what's vibrating and resonant for you now. And so I'm just really grateful that you're one of those people. Oh, thank you so much. You Same to you. Thank you for this conversation today. We, we can't wait to read what the next thing is that you write. Thank you. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.